Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Meckler. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. You know, a lot of people are really depressed right now. They're frustrated by the state of the country. They watch Joe Biden on television. Don't do that, by the way. It's just depressing. But they think nothing good is happening in the country right now. But this is the battle cry, baby. And we got some good news. We got some celebrating to do. My name is Mark Meckler. I'm your host. I am pumped up. It's an incredible week. It really has been an amazing week. The best ever week in the history of convention estates. You know, I know we normally do a recap of the news. I guess we could, I don't know what we could do. Talk about inflation. Talk about the Fed raising rates. Talk about the stock market being down. Talk about crypto being down. We could talk about all that stuff, but we're not gonna. And we're not gonna because we got way too much to celebrate this week. Look, I've been doing Convention of States for almost nine years now. Nine years on one project. This is honestly the first time in my life I've done anything for nine years consistently. And the reason I'm so consistent with this and I keep doing it is because I'm so jacked up about it. I believe it's the only way to save the nation. I get to meet grassroots like you all over the country I know you, I love you, you inspire me, you keep me going. Nine years at this seems like nine days at anything else. I'm the most blessed man on earth to get to do this. But sometimes it's hard. It's not always easy. I know it's hard for you guys that are in the fight, the grassroots that are in the fight. It's hard for me too. You know, I go from state to state and because of the numbers, we're gonna lose more than we're gonna win. That's just the nature of the numbers. But sometimes we win and this was a week for winning, baby. And I'll tell you, Tired of winning, as Donald Trump used to say, not even close. I'm not going to get tired of winning. And this was one of those weeks. But I want to go back and I want to set it up for you. Because I think it's important that we set up the week. I think it's important that we understand what's happening. You know, when you go through life, you're going to go to the peaks and you're going to go to the valleys. And if you're going to be sane, you're going to do your best to kind of level out your emotion as you go through those things. But it's hard when you're in the valleys, man. It can be dark. The last two years for Convention of States from the perspective of passing states, which is part of what we're here to do, it's been at the bottom of the valley, right? If you go back all the way to 2020, we're in legislative session, a bunch of stuff looking really good. You know, if you remember March 2020, everything comes to a close. The legislatures gavel out, they go home, all legislative movement stops, our resolutions are stalled, It's kind of like, now what do we do, right? But as we are as an organization, we do what we always do, which is we act, we learn, and we adjust. So we acted. We went out into the field. We made sure anybody who needed help, people who were struggling with COVID, legislators who were running efforts to help people get groceries and the like, we participated in those. We acted, acted, acted. We learned from that. We adjusted. We took care of our own. We took care of others. It was a valuable time of learning for us. It was a time to consolidate our grassroots family to make sure everybody understood that we were there for each other. But legislatively, big fat zero, rough, rough year. Now we go into 2021, legislature still kind of locked down with COVID. If nothing else, they're completely backed up with stuff that they should have done the year before and didn't do because of COVID. They're also doing a whole bunch of COVID-related bills. So 2021, we think maybe we're going to make some stuff happen. And boom, the big goose egg again. 
man, I got to tell you, if you sit in my seat, it was rough. One of the roughest was West Virginia. I spent a bunch of time there. Speaker made all kinds of promises. And then end of session, we died. Run out of time. Unbelievable. I felt pretty betrayed, to be honest with you. It was a rough year. As the peaks and valleys go, it was a definite valley for me. And I know for a lot of you out there. And sometimes I talk to donors, I talk to grassroots, like, is it really going to happen? Can we really make this happen? And my answer is absolutely yes. And my answer is also this. There's more than one metric. It's not only where we pass. Do we want to pass state legislatures? Of course we do. Absolutely we do. That's the satisfaction. That's the hit. That's the juice, right? When we get across the finish line in a legislature, lots to, to celebrate this week about that. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And there are other metrics. Is the grassroots growing? Is the grassroots active? Are they doing other things? And I can tell you in 2021, the answer is absolutely positively yes. That was going on all through 2021. We added over a thousand grassroots a day on average in 2021. Those are incredible numbers. No other group, no other grassroots group in America is growing at that rate. Those numbers, people who come in and say, I want to do something. They sign up, it's full data. They give us their name, their address, their phone number, because they really want to be involved. They want to contact their legislator. They want to support Convention of States. So that goes on in 2021. In 2021, our activists are involved in a lot of other legislation in the legislatures. Ballot integrity, election reform, education reform, right to life fights, constitutional fights, property tax fights, all of this stuff going on all over the country, and a lot of victories. In Oklahoma, the grassroots helped pass legislation to make the natural, uh, naturalization exam mandatory for graduating high school seniors. That's amazing. Legislators came to us, said, we haven't been able to make this for four years. We could really use your help. Ultimately, the grassroots were so successful at that, they got called in by Governor Stitt to be there for the signing ceremony. More to do. That's not a perfect bill. We're going to add more requirements. People are going to be in the fight. But really cool stuff going on all over the country. And then the elections come, you get the Virginia elections and our folks participated and get out of the vote all over Virginia. In Loudoun County, they were in the game. They qualified people for recalls. Two people got qualified for recalls because you from Convention of States went out there, worked with Ian Pryor, helped him get people qualified. You helped flip the Virginia House of Delegates. How do I know you helped so much? One of our own, in Virginia Beach, ran for the House of Delegates and won by 150 votes because you helped, because she had a network through you. I'm so excited that she's in the House of Delegates right now. So you've been participating all over the country. You participated in the Houston ISD, Houston Independent School District, seventh largest school district in the nation. First in Texas, everybody said it was blue, couldn't win any seats, conservatives couldn't win. You participated, we participated, two seats flipped. First try, we'll be back. You guys are going to take that school board. I know it. Uh, we're working in Round Rock, Texas here right now. There's another school board race coming up. You're going to take that school board. You, all over the country, participating in school board races around the country, we're going to help you do that everywhere. It's going to be an incredible year. Those aren't just words. It's already been an incredible year. Something happened last week. Some big things happened last week. Maybe you don't know already. If you don't know, you're going to know. I'm going to talk a lot about it, but I want to start first. I want to show you the highlight reel from the state that became state number 16 that passed 
We passed the assembly last year and we passed the Senate in the state of Wisconsin this year. Producer G, roll the tape on that one, if you will. The founders of our country created the best system that has been in the history of the world. Our founders established the ability to have a convention of states for a very good reason. It's about the checks and balances that were put into place when it was ratified back in 1788. Convention of the states was the method we would need to obtain amendments of the proper kind if the government should become oppressive. I truly don't believe our founding fathers thought that you would have people serving in Congress or in the Senate for 30 or 40 years. And this is not a Republican thing, that's not a Democrat thing. We as a nation have built that debt. We have to balance the budget here in Wisconsin. Why don't we expect the federal government to do the same thing? Why haven't we solved this problem? We can do basic math. The federal government is broken. They are spending us into oblivion. Everybody agrees there's something wrong. We have a nation to fix, and we're running out of time. Do you really think, with the power that the federal legislators have, that they're ever going to pass term limits on their own? It's never going to happen. It is time to choose between action or inaction. This language is in the Constitution. I have had um, a number of constituents contact me about this. Uh, they too are concerned about the uh, massive debt. I hear from my constituents. I hear ten times more about this issue than all of those other issues combined. These are real people. These are real people that are fed up with the direction of our federal government and are taking their time to contact us. You think this is a joke? This is real to these people. In my state Senate district alone, there are over 1,000 people who have signed the petition asking us to pass this resolution. Because I'd like to see the federal government become more responsible. Brian of Slinger is asking for a convention of states for amendments that focus on government spending, reigning in the power and jurisdiction of the federal government and term limits for elected officials in the federal government. Cheryl of Hubertus wants a convention so that the states can propose amendments since Congress is increasingly deadlocked. Stephen of West Bend believes the federal government has been getting out of control. Keith of Slinger said the convention of states was very important to him. He urges me to support it. I support the whole Constitution, including Article 5, where it says very specifically, the states have the option to say, you know what? The federal government is so far gone that we have to completely bypass them. It seems like the time has come and we need to do that. We have waited for generations to somehow believe that Washington is going to fix itself. It's not going to change. This is our only option. It's the states that now need to exercise their authority granted to us in the Constitution under Article 5. You have the power of the Constitution, the power of your constituents, and the power of history to stand up and reestablish the sovereignty of this great state against an overbearing federal government. The what if we don't do anything is astronomical. Our founding fathers changed history, and now it's our turn. It's extremely important that we get our voice back. By calling a convention of states, you will save our nation. Convention of states action feels government should come back to the states. Back to the people that live where we live, shop where we shop, do business with us, not Washington. Signing off. A republic 
if you can keep it. Oh, man, I couldn't be more happy. When I watched that, it just, God, my blood just, like, foams with joy. It's so cool. So many great people in Wisconsin. So many years of hard work. So much consistency. The willingness to come to the legislature year after year after year. It's absolutely incredible to me what they did there in Wisconsin. I'm just so proud of them. Joanne Laufenberg, the team leader, Dave Serta, you saw testifying. I'm just incredible people. We had professional lobbyists. Uh, we had RJ. We had Rebecca. These guys are amazing. We had our district's captains all across the state, our regional captains all across the state. They're the reason this thing happened. It's incredible. You guys should be so proud of yourselves, not just in Wisconsin, but all over the country. And to see the last senator flip just in the last week or so, incredible to see this because you made it happen, right? All glory to God and to the grassroots, in my opinion. I didn't make it happen. I went a couple of times. I go there. I dress fancy. I say the fancy stuff. I'm the dancing chicken. But it's the grassroots that really make it happen. I am so proud of you. And I got to say something else special about Wisconsin. You know, one of our main opponents out there, a bunch of lunatics from the John Birch Society. I do mean lunatics. These are crazy people, arrogant people. Uh, Robert Brown from the John Birch Society, just out of his mind, he accosted me in the hallway uh, when I was in Iowa this week, referred to us as using Nazi techniques, compared us to Hitler and Goebbels. I mean, just crazy stuff. Except for, if I could recall correctly, I think the headquarters of the John Birch Society is in Appleton, in Wisconsin, and you guys just shoved it right down their throats. I am so proud of you guys. So incredible what you did there in Wisconsin. You guys should be proud of yourselves again, not just in Wisconsin, but nationally. I know people from all over the country helped. Uh, Senator Rick Santorum went there and helped us out. Tom Coburn, God rest his soul, have been there many times with me. Look, it doesn't happen without all these people. Representative, uh, our Assemblyman Dan Canodal, incredible guy. I'm one of the best grassroots legislators from all over the country. Really appreciate him. Senator Kathy Bernier, our sponsor over there. Uh, Mary Senator Mary Felskowski, incredible supporter of ours. Just so many people made it happen. And I'm so proud to play a small role in that. And man, the dam broke and it's been an incredible week. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. And now back to the show. So that's Wisconsin. So good. And that's not all, though. So next up was South Dakota. And South Dakota, by the way, we've been locked in committee in South Dakota for several years. It's been really rough. And I thought we were going to lose our committee vote, to be honest with you. It didn't look great. A couple days before the vote, one of our main opponents flipped and became a sponsor. Why? Again, because of you. Because of grassroots. Because of the pressure. I believe one-fifth of all uh, petitions in South Dakota were from his district, and he flipped. He became a sponsor. Boom, out of committee. Absolutely incredible. Straight to the floor, and it passed by overwhelming numbers. Absolutely incredible. I had to tell you one of the most amazing things about going to South Dakota and testifying in Pierre. It's Pierre's in the middle of the state. It's got a population of 28,000. It's not a big city. It's hard to get to. There are no direct flights there. 
The big city, Sioux Falls and Rapid City, they're on either end of the state. It's two and a half, three hours of drive to get there from the big cities. We packed the place. You packed the place. Grassroots came out at 7.30 in the morning. Look at, look at that hearing room. Look at that. That's 7.30 in the morning. It's probably 10 degrees outside. People had to leave. Look at those pictures. Look at all those people who came from all across the state. Great patriots who drove from pre-dawn all across the state to get there, to be there for that incredible victory. Man, I'm just so proud of South Dakota. And again, Tom went there. Shirley Myers leading a great team. Uh, Harv and, and Velva leading another team out there. I mean, it's just it's just an incredible team. Just great, committed, long-term patriots. So South Dakota, now we move over to the Senate. The Senate's tight. Need you to pray for us. Need you to be fighting for us. Look for telepatriot calls because we're going to need a lot more help to get it done in the Senate. But I think we got a chance to get it done in the Senate. It's going to take some maneuvering, but we're used to maneuvering. That's okay. We know how to you know, shuck and jive at the right time. We got the moves. We got the grassroots. We got the infrastructure. We got the experience. And I think we can make it happen in South Dakota. So I'm looking forward, hopefully, to South Dakota becoming number 18. Now you say, if you're doing the math, he said 16 was Wisconsin. Why would South Dakota be 18? Because we had another incredible victory this week. That's right. No, we're not getting tired of winning. This week, the great state of Nebraska, the only unicameral legislature, one house legislature in the United States of America, became state number 17. Again, an incredible leadership team out there. And I, the person I got to give so much credit to here is I've got to give credit to the legislator who led the way, Senator Halloran. He's been with us for the last several years. He's provided incredible leadership. He's been in the fight. And we've been stuck in committee. Nebraska had a 4-4 committee. Four Dems, four Republicans. Can't get out of committee. It's, it's really, really difficult to get out of committee. Hey, Producer G, if you could put up the margin in South Dakota while I talk about this, I know people are asking. So in... in uh, nor, uh, sorry, in Nebraska, what happens is Halloran pulls some procedural moves, ends up trading a vote. Last session, it's actually same session, but last year, trades a vote with a Democrat to get Convention of States out of committee and onto the floor. And so we start this year with it on the floor at the very beginning of session. And so, man, session starts, boom, we're in, right? And Nebraska has some weird procedures. And the procedures in, in Nebraska require three votes, three votes on the floor, three chances to filibuster. It requires a two-thirds majority to overcome the filibuster. It's rough. It's tumble. It's a fight. You get the left comes out full force against us. You got the crazies on the right come out against us, but the left is full force. Professor David Super from Georgetown, former general counsel of Center and Budget and Policy Priorities, a George Soros group, who's become the primary legal opponent against us. Now, I want you to hear that again. Professor David Super, former general counsel of Center on Budget and Policy Priorities. That's a Soros organization. And when he left there and he went to Georgetown, he started immediately writing stuff against Convention of States. Suspicious? Yeah, you think so? Arabella Advisors a leftist dark money group funneling money in against convention of states and the legislatures all over the country. So anyway, you got super is picking up the phone and he is calling legislators 
in Nebraska, trying to convince them not to vote for this, trying to make them scared of the runaway convention. By the way, his specialty in the law, welfare law, has nothing to do with a convention of states. Clearly, he's been put in place by the Soros mess, the Soros octopus, in order to oppose convention of states. I mean, it's it's a bias. It comes from the radical left. They don't want us using the Constitution to save the Constitution. But Halloran, he's slick. He's got the moves. He's got all the answers. I don't know if you watched any of the debate. He was as good as anybody I have ever seen. It was so awesome to see him doing this, answering all the questions, slapping people down. You know, the jab, the hook. Man, he was just phenomenal. Took three votes over two weeks. Uh, probably six hours of filibuster, just ridiculous stuff. And in the end, it was a stunning victory, 32 to 11. That's right, 32 in favor, 11 against. Nebraska becomes state number 17. Man, so proud of the team out there, so proud of the legislators who stood in and fought. One of the best stories you could ever hear on the floor is one of the senators who said he was against it, and he went to a library event and over 300 of his constituents showed up, 300. Like maybe in a big city in California or New York or Texas, we're talking Nebraska. This is farm country, right? 300 people showing up, absolutely extraordinary to see that in Nebraska. So Nebraska becomes number 17. By the way, number 17, that means we're across the halfway mark. It takes 34 states to call a convention. We hit 17. That's the halfway mark. You made that happen. Not me. You made that happen. You and everybody else like you. If you're just getting started, it might have been you nine years ago. You five years ago who joined. Right? Maybe you've been around since the beginning. Maybe you're a fiver for Article 5. Maybe you've been in five years. Maybe you've been in five days. It's you that made it happen and it's only you that's gonna make it keep happening. By the way, there's a nuance in Nebraska that you need to know about. They inserted what we call a sunset clause. That means in five years, we will lose that resolution unless they remove the sunset clause. We used to have sunset clauses in Oklahoma and Texas as well. Both of those legislatures have since removed their sunset clauses. I want you to understand what that means. It means that we're getting stronger in the states where we've already passed. Not weaker, we're not worried about defending ourselves, we're getting stronger. Somebody just asked for them to take out COS Nebraska, would they need a two thirds vote? Yeah, they would have to go back and they would have to do a resolution withdrawing this resolution. So yeah, it would take two thirds to get past a filibuster, same thing we had to go through. They're not gonna be able to do it. You are winning all over the country. You are doing incredible all over the country. It's you doing this work. Why? Because if you look across the country, what you see is that people are frustrated. People don't believe that Washington, D.C. responds to them anymore. Why don't they believe that? Because Washington, D.C. doesn't respond to them anymore. You know, Convention of States does a lot of polling. We put out a poll last week, and the poll said over 75% of Americans think that their financial situation for them and their family is going to stay the same or get worse in the next year. What does that mean? It means they're pessimistic. Do they have good cause to be pessimistic? I think they do. I don't think it's irrational to be pessimistic, but I'm more of an optimist. 
And I think a lot of people are pessimistic because they don't know that this methodology exists. They don't understand that the founders gave us away. They don't know the history that on September 15th, 1787, Colonel George Mason stood and he addressed the men assembled there in Independence Hall. And he said, we have a problem with the document. This is two days before they signed it. He said, we have a problem. We've given the power to Congress to propose amendments, but we haven't, haven't given that same power to the states, to the people acting through the states. And so he proposed the second clause of Article 5 to give you the power to propose amendments to restrain federal tyranny. And that's exactly what we're doing. And you know, when he proposed it, there was no debate. How do we know there was no debate? Because Madison's notes are very clear on the point, and they say short abbreviations, nincom, two Latin words for no comment. There's no debate, zero debate. And in fact, Eldridge Gary drafts the second clause of Article 5. It's voted on, it's unanimously inserted, and that's the clause that gives you the power to do what we're doing right now. Over 5.2 million people are participating in this movement right now. People in every single state legislative district in the United States of America are participating in this movement right now. And that's why we're seeing victories. Americans need hope. We all need hope. You need hope. If you're seeing this for the first time, you're thinking, what is this really possible? This is crazy. What is this? Then all you do, go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition. That goes to your state legislator. Doesn't matter if your state's already passed. It's important for legislators to keep getting those. If you're in a non-pass state, it'll go to your legislator. And then click on the Take Action tab. When you click on that tab to take action, it'll take you to a list of volunteer positions. Sign up. Sign up. Because you got to do more than sign a petition. You got to do more than watch me on Facebook. You got to do more than watch the news. Look, I like Tucker Carlson. I listen to Ben Shapiro almost every day. I love these guys. Glenn Beck, I love these guys. Mark Levin's a good friend. I love these guys. But it's not enough just to listen to them. Even they would tell you this. Listen to their programs. Listen to the podcast. Get educated. Read. And then use that information to do something. And the something is go to conventionofstates.com and sign up. What can you say yourself, Susan Peters asked, to your own senator to get them to support? How about this? Do you believe that Washington, D.C. should tell us what to do in the states? Or do you believe that the states should have the power and the people should have the power? Who decides, Washington, D.C. or you? Washington, D.C. or your family? Washington, D.C. or your community? Your church? Your synagogue? Washington, D.C. or your state? The answer is... We decide, we the people decide, and we are tired of Washington DC deciding for us. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way this country was built. It's not the way you want it to be. You know, my favorite story from the American Revolution, you might've heard me say that, tell this story before, but it's a story about Captain Levi Preston. Preston was a captain in the Continental Army. He was there when the shot uh, was fired that was heard around the world. And, and he, when Preston fought that day, when he went out to fight, the question is, why? Why did he go out to fight? He was asked that question by Mellon Chamberlain, a historian. He was asked, was it the taxes? Was it the Stamp Act? Was it tyranny? Was it the great writers who inspired you? He said no to all of those things. Never heard of those people, never paid the taxes, never drank the tea. When he was asked why he went out to fight, he said this. He said, 
we had always governed them ourselves and them redcoats intended that we shouldn't. Pretty simple. We'd always govern ourselves and them redcoats intended that we shouldn't. That's where we find ourselves in the United States of America today. In Washington, D.C., they believe that they should tell you what to do. They believe that you're too stupid, you're too simple, you can't be trusted, and they need to run your life. They believe that in a lot of the state capitals as well, mostly in the blue states, some of the red states. They believe you shouldn't make medical decisions for yourself. They believe they need to tell you to wear masks. They believe they need to tell you to be vaccinated. They believe they need to tell you how to use your land. They believe they need to tell you what kind of car to drive, what kind of fuel to put in your car. They believe they need to make health decisions for you. They believe that they need to tell your kids what they're going to learn. They need. They believe they need to tell you what your kids are going to learn. We're seeing more and more of this. And the reality is all of that is the antithesis of our self-governing nation. All of that is the antithesis of what the founders intended this country to be. We have always been, we are, and if we are to remain as a nation, we will always be a self-governing nation. That's what makes the United States of America unique. This is the country on earth that we were given, I believe by God, where we can live out the free will that God gave us to the maximum extent. It's an incredible country. The foundation are these foundational principles embodied in the United States Constitution. And you and I, my friends, my brothers and sisters are engaged in a fight to use the Constitution to save the Constitution. You've probably heard the phrase that the founders pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. I've heard it when I say it at an event, people can finish the phrase if I start the phrase. What most people have never heard is that to each other, they pledge their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Not to the country, not to a flag, not to General Washington, not to the army, not to an idea. To each other, they pledge their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Why? Because they knew what was at stake because they knew that they would be attacked, because they knew they'd be attacked from all sides, and they knew they were going to have to stand together. Ben Franklin famously said something like, you know, we must hang together or surely we shall hang separately. We find ourselves in that same circumstance today. So I'll close with this. In great victory this week, in great celebration, and thanks to God for giving us these victories, thanks to the grassroots, I pledge to you my life, my fortune, my sacred honor. I'm in the fight with you. As long as you're willing to be willing to be in the fight with me, I'm in with you, and I'm gonna be in it as long as it takes. I will quit the day that the first shovel full of dirt lands on the top of my box six feet down. Until then, I'm with you. I love you guys. I appreciate you. God bless from the battle cry, and we'll see you all next week. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.